A, it's the boy, skinny penis. Or <laughs> that is A, it's your boy, skinny penis. What up? Anyways, we just wanted to give a quick intro to what yeah. you're about to witness. Witness? Yeah. Witness implies viewing. What you're about to hear. There we go. What you're about to experience. Audibly. Last night, um... We saw the show that was after that took place after the interview you're about to see, and we've had a little time to reflect on that performance, and it was something special. And Derek is awesome, John's awesome, Mikey's awesome, cool guy's awesome. Yes. And it was just one hell of a show. It was a per- it was more than a performance. I almost attribute it to a sermon. I so full disclosure, 100 percent transparency. I was going to. After our interview, I was going to go home and just do the interview and edit it and do all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But I stayed, and holy shit, am I glad. Yeah. Like, it was thought-provoking, or it was just flat-out emotional. Yeah, And absolutely. it had me in my feels, and how did the, what do they say? The kids uh, had me feeling some type of way. Feeling some type of way. <laughs> yes, the kids say that. We are very in tune with the children. And Derek... We don't fuck them, but... <laughs> No, this isn't the Catholic Church. No. Um, this is the homeless gospel choir. Yes. So to any of uh, any of the artists, whether it's John or Mikey or Derek or Cool Guy, if any of you were to happen to listen to this, I want you to know you guys were the catalyst that's going to push me into diving deeper into what is punk rock music. Because Excellent. I've always been kind of like hesitant. I know the big stuff and... I've met the people, and it, some of the people, just like in any group, can rub you the wrong way. And as uh-huh. you'll also hear in this interview, I'm not one to be told that hey, you should check this out. Yeah. I like to, I like to find it organically because I'm a child. Which makes me really cool because, like I said, I mean, I've been working on that punkish playlist for like mm-hmm. it was made for me. I've been working on it for the better part of this year. I'd say, no, over a year. Really? Because I remember listening to it. Uh, last year when I was house sitting because I was bored and I was making it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a big ass playlist, but good. Can got, it, will it last eight hours? Because that's my I saw, When I looked at it, it said like nine hours fifty two minutes. Perfect. Yeah. So I can even work a long day. Yeah. So. Yeah, dude. I'm just like I'm at a loss for words about the performance that we saw last night. Dude, I'm like <laughs> part of me is a little mad because <laughs> of how like. The thoughts that the performances like pushed into my brain has literally made me emotional all day. And like <laughs> I am so moody today because I'm like I wanna be I wanna be a writer. I'm mad that the things that I have written mm-hmm. or want to write need to now need to be thought provoking like they all did or just in your feels and it's I I'm kinda angry about how how I feel. Would you would you dare to say that the performance was almost like intimate. Oh, it was absolutely yeah. intimate. It was just, and I think that I think that's part of the reason why it's so like it uh-huh. flustered me emotionally is because uh-huh. like it wasn't a big arena where it was uh-huh. just oh this is a, set, a soft song and it's um when it's that that big it's almost just like you're listening to a live performance in your headphones because there's no there's no real connection with you and the artist you know there's fucking ten thousand of you in this spot but. In this small little venue, and it's, you know, 
a hundred people, it's way more intimate. Like he can, the artist can look at you and talk to you and ask you questions directly. And I think that's what made it so personal for me. Yeah. Well, we're not going to keep you too long from the interview. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we did decide we want to, we liked it so much. We want to play two songs. So we're going to play one right now. And then there's one at the end. This is Derek Zanetti, AKA the homeless gospel choir. And, uh, This is called Normal, and this is a protest song. And now he looks better than ever. And 
before you say anything, I only wore this shirt for the interview last night because I wanted to see you. <laughs> and before that, I hadn't worn this shirt since last time I was here. And I forgot to say it during the interview, but uh, I thought it would so funny if I told you that uh, when you told me that you thought that album ruled, I got like that face that Spongebob had when he <laughs> found mm-hmm. out that Squidward liked Krabby Patties. Mm-hmm. And his face <laughs> you goes like Krabby Patties, don't <laughs> you? like the men singers, don't you, Chris? No, I, uh, I remember, so I don't know what it is about me, but I don't like to like things that somebody tells me like, oh, you'll like this. Like there's some stupid immature thing about. No, I, I, I know what you're saying though. Like, and they'll be like, "Oh, you'll like this," and I'm like, "No, I won't." And that's then why I, I took don't, you so long I, to like the Pixies. Yeah, because of Carly. Oh, oh, shit. they're so good. Listen to that song. Listen to that song. <laughs> See, I'm so like, anti don't I'm so. But like, I hate it. I'm glad I listen to Pixies, and I feel like if I did, most of people, most of the things that people say you should check out, mm-hmm. I think you'd like them. I bet if I did check them out, I would like it. I know. It. I'm just a fucking. Square. But that is a solid album. Oh, yeah. I heard that. Oh, here he is. Hello. Is. How's it going? It's What's up, buddy? We were just like recording, talking, doing okay. nothing. Yeah. Was, we were going over these country songs downstairs. I'm trying to figure out this bridge part, and it's been a real pain in the keister. <laughs> finally nailed it. Hey, would you make fun of me if I asked you to sign something? No, I'd be happy. To oh, cool. Of course, my pleasure. Thanks. I got one. Okay, cool. I brought, I was, <laughs> Since July. <laughs> I stole that marker from work. Oh, oh. oh nice. Because the secret ingredient is crime. I wish I had a job that I could steal from because I'd love to do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I have a felony. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Are we recording? <laughs> yeah, we were. Oh, I forgot cool. that his mic wasn't on. So it's good now. Excellente. I'm sure it'll be. You know, that eyeball inside that hand is making me think that whoever painted this is a fan of System of a Down. Just like they got the little (laughs) okay emoji over there in the red. Eyeball in the hand? Right here. This is a child's place. That's scary, right? There's some like creepy nuclear shadows in that other room too. Don't know what that's all about. Thank you so much. My pleasure. I'm so glad to do this with y'all. This one is just needs to dry a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It gets smeary. Yep. We'll just it's let that, that dry glossy there. finish. Ah, yeah. oh, look what he did. He went six, 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 and stuff. That's so cool. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, they're both, and they're both blind, so that's interesting, too, to think about. They're yes. Bl- oh, okay, there we go. They're wearing, like, all dark glasses, so they can't see, like, blinders. Awesome. Interesting. Is it awesome? Well, welcome to the Teen Junkies Podcast. My name is Nick. My name is Chris. And today we're here with someone who some would say... Guitar would sound better at the bottom of the Ohio River. Derek <laughs> Zanetti? Yes. A.K.A. the Homeless Gospel Choir. How's it going, dude? It's so good to be here. Thank you for having awesome. me. It's very kind of you. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm excited we got to use the, the well. I, I would love to, for this to be our just home base, but it's so far away from both of us. Yeah. I like this, the little clouds in this room. I love to be in, this, in the children's room because it does, it, the, the clouds and the mountains that are painted in here and the forest, it just, it, it does make you feel at ease. Mm-hmm. And it, it, you don't feel like, it's very non-aggressive and it's very peaceful. I like it. Yeah. It's, I was just telling him, uh, we've been talking about doing like a mini photo shoot for the podcast. I was like, it might be kind of cool in this room because there's some creepy things <laughs> there in there too. There is some creepy things in here, but creepy also, yeah, that, yeah, creepy too. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> 
<laughs> like the upside down like birds flying. Yeah, they got some upside down birds. There's the uh, like par a, for the course, the creepy doll with no clothes. Oh yeah, yeah. That's it's almost a, that's a wicked staple. awesome train set though. <laughs> that is an awesome train set. They had to glue it to the table because, you know, kids like to chew on things. Well, I like to chew on things. <laughs> well, Derek, the first question we like to ask our guests sure. is: uh, Did you know that kangaroos can't jump backwards? No, I didn't know that. Oh, that's by a, the way, this is a protest podcast. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they can't jump backwards. That's, I mean, I don't know if that's a question. Two. <laughs> oh, wait, it I was guess a I, question. You did ask him. He asked did me you if know? I knew, and I, and I didn't. Um, I, I, I didn't. My, my, the facts that I know about kangaroos are very limited. It's a very limited. <laughs> my knowledge for it We've is We've come very, to the right guy. <laughs> very limited. I went to college for kangaroo studies. Yeah. So That's why glad. I work at a metal factory. <laughs> the uh, first question we actually like to ask here is, what was the first concert you ever attended? Um, the first concert that I can remember going to was a band called Mylon Lefevre and Broken Heart, and they were a contemporary Christian uh, rock group in the 80s, and my parents were members of a church that um, only let we were only allowed to listen to Christian music. We mm-hmm. weren't allowed to listen to music that wasn't... Um, on like a certain list or wasn't approved in mm-hmm. some, in, in, in many ways. And I remember going to see, I think it was maybe 1989 or 1990. And I went to go see this band called Mylon Lefevre and Broken Heart. And they had a song called trains up in the sky. And it was about dying and going to heaven. I think I don't remember. <laughs> I, a lot of that's been blocked out of my memory. <laughs> um, yes. But yeah, I remember going there and I remember it was like an arena show. I think it might have taken place where the Pittsburgh Penguins play at the Civic Arena or some wow. like big, huge, like it was a big, huge arena show. Oh, man. Um, and I remember going there. I don't remember liking it, but I do remember. <laughs> nice, I remember I, it. I do remember being in the room and hearing those songs and like, um, I do remember that. And so um, you're from Hazelwood? I am. Oh, it's, a, it's a, just a little teeny, just a little teeny neighborhood that's in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Awesome. I uh, I understand where you're coming from. I was uh, raised 30 minutes from here, little town called Napanee. Okay. Very uh, very Christian community. Um, and a lot of Amish. Yes. Now uh, a lot of teen pregnancies, a lot of drug abuse. So, but that's what happens when you control. You get a lot of rebellion mm-hmm. involved. Awesome. So uh, let's take it. I guess let's start at the beginning. Sure. Uh, how did the homeless gospel choir become what it is? Actually, real quick though, when I told my dad that I was going to be talking to the homeless gospel choir, he was like, "Good for you, Nick." And then I had to tell him what the homeless gospel choir was. Sure. And he wasn't as thrilled. Um, I can only imagine. I can only imagine his disappointment. Oh, he wasn't um, disappointed. I showed, I showed you his music, and he thought it was cool. Cool. Yeah. Um. How did it start? Well, I think before music, before the idea of me playing music, I liked the idea of me being around like-minded people and like sharing in some sort of like um, expression of care with one another. Mm -hmm. And um, I found a great measure of acceptance and love and care in the punk rock world. Um, and in 2009, um, I decided that I wanted to just try something different than just working the regular, um, the regular jobs that I've had. And and I didn't find much satisfaction in a lot of that. Mm -hmm. And in 2006, um, 
one of my best friend that I grew up with, uh, had passed away. He was in a motorcycle accident. He died. He was 22. Oh. And I thought about like, what do I want to do with my time when I'm here on this planet? Because I don't know how much longer I have or anybody has today could be it for everybody, mm-hmm. um, for anybody. And, um, and if we get the quasar, if there's a big, huge solar flare and the world melts, it could be the last day for everybody. Um, but I, I don't know how much time I have on this world. And while I'm here, I want to try and surround myself with the things that make me the best person possible. And those things have always been other people and punk rock and community. And I wanted to try and cultivate an expression of, of, of that in a musical fashion. And I had like this vision in my mind of traveling around and, and learning these songs and showing people these songs in different parts of the country and in different parts of the world and having them sing along and have be like this gospel choir of transient people who are wow. from different places that sing these songs of hope for other people who need them. And like, if you're going to make punk rock music or if you're going to make music, it should be punk rock. And if you're going to (laughs) make punk rock music, it should say something. Um, I think as a, as a white person of privilege, I owe duty and responsibility to help speak up for those who've been marginalized and oppressed. Mm -hmm. And I think punk rock is a perfect format and a perfect platform for people to raise their voices and say, yo, something's busted. Yeah. I kind of agree more. Let's fix it. You know, whether you like it or not, white privilege does exist, but that doesn't mean that there can be positive white privilege. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, you can use that to do good. Mm-hmm. And to raise awareness for other things that are happening. I mean, in, in the world around you, and I'm not talking about things that are far off, things that happen in your very neighborhood, things that happen on your very street, being involved in local community activism and local community politics is another thing that you can do that is important. And uh, that's different for everybody. I mean, I'm not, you don't, not everybody has to run for public office. I mean, little teeny things that you can do writing your, writing your Congress people, writing, writing people that represent you in the Senate, mm-hmm. um, uh, going to community town hall meetings, going and, and knowing and, and having FaceTime with the people who serve you locally in your own community. I think that's a great way to start being involved in the political process in your very own neighborhood. I think we make it a really big thing and we see Bernie Sanders on TV or Elizabeth Warren on TV or Donald Trump on TV and we see this Mayor big Pete. huge thing of, of Mayor of, P of South Mayor Bend P, here. Absolutely. And we see them on TV and we see something that's big and intangible. Well, they all started working locally with not Donald Trump, but the rest of <laughs> yeah. them have all started working small within their community and offering care for their community. Yes. I'll tell you whenever I, t- whenever I see Mayor Pete, and I, and I see the way that he, the way that he speaks and the way that he listens and the way that he addresses, um, people who are different than him and people who have a different opinion than he is. Whenever he went to the Fox news and did the meeting there at Fox news, I was really impressed by it. We love mayor Pete. Yes. I, th- I think it was amazing. I think it was an, an amazing, um, display of true character to go somewhere where you a aren't welcomed period mm-hmm. and, and, and provide care and education and peace to others. Mm-hmm. And I, I was really impressed by that. And I really, I, it really did strike a chord with me whenever I, when I saw Mayor, Mayor Pete, Pete is a gem. Yeah. He's a gem. Yeah. I'm really, re- I, yeah, I, I don't know if I answered your question about that you asked, but that's what <laughs> I, no, no, you, you okay. more than answered it. I right mean, on. I was just, I was just enthralled by the whole thing. I was just captivated. Um, another thing that makes you stand out to me is you refer to your, fans as your friends yeah and i just think that's the coolest thing when i first met you you walked up to me and said do i know you 
and I had never met you before. That was really neat. I think it's important that we were that, especially if we're going to make art and we're going to make art together, I think it should be something that's approachable and something that's, that's human. And, um, I think the idea of calling people who like you, your fans is derogatory. I think it's a derogatory thing. I just don't like it. I think it makes me, it puts yourself on an elevated platform Mm, where you're here and the people who like you are looking up at you and worshiping you in some way. And like, I don't like to use that, that, that word. I think it's, for me, it's a dirty word and it, it, it it makes me feel gross to think about it. I have people who support me, who are my supporters Mm -hmm. and I'm super grateful for that. And I have friends that people come out to my show and come out to our show and, and see it and we get to have the, like this experience together and I always like to ask I mean I can't do it all the time whenever you play a big place like the Fillmore in Detroit or you know someplace mm-hmm. like that but whenever we're playing a place like this to ask if anybody has any questions does mm-hmm. anybody have any objections have I said anything that you don't like would you like to talk about it right. this is a fair place for you to ask a question and to and for me to learn and for you to learn and like make it approachable but I think if it's like oh I'm I'm the I'm the entertainer and you're buying a service that I'm providing and you're my fan. I just think that's fucking busted. Sorry. No, you can. You're fine. Cool. I think it's fucking busted all the way busted. There's a, there's a weird like disconnect with that. And like, I, like you were saying, I, I prefer the smaller venues because it's more personal and I tend to get starstruck because I have this weird, like, Oh, they're on a different level than I am. And I need to, earn Mm -hmm. the right to talk to them when it's like we're all just people so why i like the more personal aspect if if my true job is to serve you if i if i instead of going to saying that you're buying that you're buying a service that you're i'm sorry that you're buying a product that i'm Mm -hmm. here to sell you this idea of punk rock rather than i'm here to serve you in a way that i'm providing something that is enriching your life and i'm serving you in some way it changes the power dynamic to to put us on a place where we're both we're both here together reciprocating kindness and reciprocating support and reciprocating um conversation and ideas and all those things yeah I mean, it just makes me feel better and i'm not trying to dog anybody who calls people who buy their records their fans oh, no. i'm not trying to put anybody on blast or any of that kind you know any of that type of behavior i'm just saying like for me it's easier for me to say you're my friend than you're my fan. It just, right. I don't even like to say it. It makes me feel, it makes me feel gross. Yeah. I mean, uh, just thinking about to when I first met you a little over a year ago outside the Oregon, you had just opened up for Lucero, who I think is like the greatest country band ever. That was in Chicago. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, Menzingers and the great Frank Turner. Francis. Who <laughs> has a lot, has a lot nice things to say about you. You were just standing out there drinking a LaCroix and just, People were waiting in line, and you were just having a conversation with each and every one of them. I just thought that was the coolest thing. You even stopped, took some pictures with us, and I don't know. I like that show pretty good. I'd like to do it again. Oh, I'd love to go to that. That's I my favorite place. That's my favorite place mm-hmm. in Oregon. Even though my car got towed there the last time I was there. Yeah, you can't win them all, you know. <laughs> this is true. You can't win them all. It can't be. It can't be your birthday every day. That's true. <laughs> Oh my oh. gosh! Yeah, I, I was I was not thrilled. There was a Kill Switch and Lamb of God show, mm-hmm. and there was like there's this little little outlet mall on the other corner, and I parked there. I walked, and the show was over. We walked out. Me and like two hundred other people, 
probably like 50 cars in this lot. We all turn the corner. We're like, where the fuck are our cars? And then we look at this little entrance. There's this little sign maybe like this big that says no parking. Like, man, dude, they made off with so much money that night. They took all of us. And then I had to ask these two big metal kids if I could walk with them because I was too afraid to walk by myself. To the tow yard. Yeah, which I had no idea where it was. I was like, do you guys know where it's at? And they're like, yeah, we know. I'm like, is this happened before? Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, so. I'm glad I'm not just the only dummy that. What did it cost you to get your car out of town? Ooh, it was like three hundred dollars. Jeez. Yeah, yeah I was there on an anniversary trip with my girlfriend, and I was like, "Hey, you know all those cool things we're gonna do tomorrow? Not happening tonight. <laughs> nah. <one. laughs> See you next year, honey. We'll do something nice. Yeah, we're not just have to drink Kool Aid on the porch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, as far as inspirations go, I'm gonna take a stab in the dark and say that Dookie was one of them. Yeah, of course. Okay. Cool. Yeah, that was a very formative record for me, for oh, sure. Dude. You want to talk uh, about Green Day with your man here? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can barely see it. But ah, there it is. You got American Idiot. 15 tattoo. years ago today. Oh, really? Yeah. That's when American Idiot came yeah. out. And uh, that was the first CD I ever bought. And after I bought that, my dad was like, you like Green Day? And he gave me this whole collection of his CDs. It had like Nimrod... Warning and Dookie. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I, I thought Green Day was a new band. I was only like eight years old okay. at this point. And I'm listening to Dookie. I'm like, I know these songs. Green Day's not a new band, you know. And I fell in love with Basket Case and she. Mm-hmm. Wait, your dad's a Green Day fan? Yeah. Man, the more we hang out, the more I realize your dad isn't as weird as I thought he was. Oh, my dad's cool. <laughs> yeah, he likes Green Day. He's got to be a little <laughs> well, cool, A little bit. I have some things to say about Green Day now, but... About that new song? I hate mm. that new song. Dude. I think the artwork is busted. And listen, I just want to say, you know, Billy Joe, if you're out there listening. I hope big so. Up, <laughs> yeah, big, ups, big ups to you, um, uh, Trey and Mike and Billy. I think what you all got going on is great. And Jason. Now. I, like, I like your songs. They make me feel good. I think this I think this new artwork is bunk. And I also think that new song is busted too. And that's not to say that I don't love you. I would say it if you were my family and you were like, hey, I put out this new record. I would have to come correct and say... I think it's a little whack, but <laughs> do I like the single? No. Did I pre-order the album on vinyl? Yes. Like, oh, like I'm, I'm a, I'm a collect. I'm gonna get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Time out. Yeah. Beep. Time out. I bought Revolution Radio. I bought 21st Century Breakdown. Mm-hmm. Uno does Trey. I'm a Green Day nut. Dude, I can't believe I'm talking about one of my favorite artists <laughs> with one of my favorite artists. Um, <laughs> so cool. Yeah, I just uh, um, Uno Dos and Trey for me. I was just like, why? But I I own them. Yeah, and I there's there's not an album that there isn't a song that I love on it. They're they're a band. Yes, that were the the biggest band twice, and that doesn't happen for many bands. They were the biggest band in the world when Dookie came out, and mm-hmm. then they were the biggest band in the world when American Idiot came out. And that's not something that that's not a feat that most bands can go ahead and like claim. Like you get one chance usually in this music world to go ahead and hit a grand slam Mm -hmm. and they did it twice. Yeah. Well, I never thought about like that. Yeah. They're the biggest band. I mean, they could have never made American idiot. They could have stopped after Dookie and they would have been remembered forever. Sure. But I love, I think, I think insomniac and Nimrod are insomniac. I love are great. I think they're amazing albums. I think Warning is an amazing album. I think they're great. That was my um, favorite. I think American Idiot is a, an amazing album. I don't know. Uh, 21st Century Breakdown, that one, I did not like at first, but 
I dated this girl and she's like, Oh, you got to give another chance. And I did. I was like, okay, this is good. Yeah. Gloria. Yeah. All good. And I'm, I'm not too proud to admit if I don't like something and I go back to it and then I learn that I liked it, I hopefully in five years, we're able to have this same exact interview again and you'll be able to talk about revolution radio. Mm -hmm. You know what? I got to give you a little bit of love. Or we talk about this new Green Day record, which now I don't like mm-hmm. the song, the single anyway. And you know what? It really grew on me and I learned to like it. No, I listened yes. to it once. And so I haven't yeah. listened to it then because I was mad at Green Day, I think. <laughs> but I'm going to yeah. listen to it again today. But there's also another thing to just mention is that there's more music being made now than ever before in the history of, oh, yeah. of any time. And access that, like, to it. Mm-hmm. Everyone's in a band. Everyone's making amazing music. Like I and this is just me saying this because I'm just from my own life and my own opinion is that I don't need green day anymore. Green yeah. day served me extraordinarily well whenever I needed it. Mm-hmm. It would kind of be like going to preschool when pre- when I needed to go to preschool and I needed to learn how to color and stay inside the lines and make a straight line and know the difference between red and blue and green preschool was really important to me. And I really, really needed it whenever it came along. And in sixth grade, Whenever I really needed to learn how to do um, algebra and I needed to learn things about like world cultures and, 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 and political science, those classes were really good for me. Mm-hmm. If you gave me a, a preschool class to go to now, I wouldn't need it. I don't right. need it anymore. I've gotten everything that I possibly could have needed out of that and I used it for my life mm-hmm. to make me a better person. But to reintroduce that to me now, I just don't need it. I don't know if I would need a new Green Day album. I think everything that Green Day could have possibly done for me, me personally as a, as a consumer and a lover of music, I think they've already done for me. And right. I'm good. Same with R.E.M. I, I've listened to every R.E.M. record. Yeah. I've listened to them all a quadrillion times. I don't need to listen My opinion, to R.E.M. Best, the best R.E.M. Anymore. record is that five song EP that they put out in like the early 80s. I love it all. Like I think I think they're a great band. I feel that way about a Michael lot Stein's a lot of awesome. bands. You know? Mm-hmm. Okay. But I get other than that album, I guess we got we on a tangent that was sorry. I love no, I oh, love that. Yeah. I love that so much. We, we do that a lot here. <laughs> other inspirations for you. Um if any. Sure. Um Other than, I mean, just musical inspirations. It doesn't I, have to be music. It could be anything that inspires you. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the idea of the show Cheers. Okay. Where you can go where everybody knows your name. <laughs> yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. I like the idea of... Um, like a club. Not... Like a like a secret society club, like a where, Snodgrass baseball club, like a Snodgrass baseball club. <laughs> um, yes, very similar to a Snodgrass <laughs> baseball club, but almost like almost like a membership club or some sort of like a, a place for people to go where they're known and it's accepted and you can bring new people in. Very much like so, a chess like, club, like a cult, like a cult. very much so, like a cult. Now we're speaking my language, where people can come and gather of like mind and grow. And mm. I know that I mean not a cult, but I just said that just to be funny. But like, um, I am really, uh, I'm really inspired by people like Joe Strummer, and I love the Clash too, of course. Mm. But like the way that he lived his life is inspirational to me, and like. 
whenever I think about like how people motivate other people and how people engage other people, mm -hmm. like is super important to me. Yeah. And whenever I listen to people like Malcolm X speak and how he was able to motivate and empower and encourage people, I draw a lot of courage from that. Mm -hmm. And I, I think about like, how can I create an atmosphere where people are being encouraged and people are being uplifted and people are able to receive um, em empowerment and, and, and do so in a musical way. The same way that I feel empowered when I listen to Malcolm X speak or whenever I listen to Buddy Wakefield uh, do spoken word poetry or whenever I listen to um, Ani DeFranco sing songs. Like I want to feel, I want to be able to share that empowerment that's the thing that's attractive to me is the, is 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 how how emboldened they are in themselves and how them being their absolute true selves has empowered people to be better like that that is super important to me whenever i think about like listening to records those have influenced me sure mm -hmm. but like the idea of being able to change somebody's the trajectory of somebody's life based on the words that you share like the, how those people have done it for me mm -hmm. like that's the thing that like really um encourages me it's, i can't even fathom what it would be like to like just to express yourself in a record and then you know put it out there because like oh this is who i am and then people not only like feel it and uh What's the word I'm looking for? Um, understand it, I guess. I can't think of the better synonym. Chartreuse. Uh, say what? You, chartreuse. <laughs> no. Um, but like to take your feelings and your words and change their life with it. Like I can't even, I listen to like a lot of live records and just hearing like when they let the crowd sing, like all these people understand this person mm -hmm. in that moment with the words that they wrote and they are passionate about it and that always gives me chills mm -hmm. and like makes me want to cry because I'm like that's such a beautiful thing for all these pe for music to bring all these people together <sighs> sorry I'm getting flustered no now. dude this is great I'm digging this he <laughs> said <laughs> I'm digging this you're on tour right now aren't you I am um, this is my first tour that I've done in about a year um, a little over a year in fact and I just wanted to go and just play some places that I haven't played in a really long time mm -hmm. and play some rooms that I've never played or I've played a long, long time ago and just do something that was just with my friends. And um, Mikey Erg just got done playing Riot Fest and we started mm -hmm. the tour in Chicago and John flew to Pittsburgh and we hung out for a day and drove out to Chicago and we're just doing like doing some shows in the car we're in the jeep we're in that silver jeep right outside nice. in the black jeep outside uh, yeah we're just like hanging out and um yeah playing these gigs it's last, been great uh, i believe you were in fort wayne last night and you met our friend carly yes mm -hmm. hi carly very very kind thank you carly for your kindness and for being at the gig it was wonderful and she called chris a cynical bastard <laughs> <laughs> well she's not wrong um I, there's always room in our hearts for less cynicism but uh, I'm not here to. I'm not here to let you know about that. Look, I'll let you know I, later. I give all my love to my cat. That's, that sounds good. I have a cat, and he is precious, and he deserves to be worshipped. So. And is this your first time at the well? This is not my first time. At no, the what? Well. What? Um, I I played here. Um, I, I, I if, if I'm not mistaken, I believe I did a show here in 2014 with Gray Gordon uh. in the basement. Whenever I put my whenever I put my first book out, Existentials in the Musical, uh -huh. and I did a, I did a reading um, in the coffee shop actually, and we had a show here. 
What a perfect segue, because yeah. I was wanting to ask you about your books. Yes. The existential, Existentialism in Music, is that what it was? Existentialism, the musical. Yeah. The musical, yes. Yeah. Um, I was trying to order it and have it here before so I could read up on it and be like, all right, and explain, but I, it's, I think it's on its way right now. Like, it, I think it's going to be at the house today. It might so, be. So I'm, <laughs> I'm a little bummed that my uh, student uh, membership didn't get it here faster. Could you explain to me what all the uh, what all that book entails? Sure. Um, there was a time in my life where I was having some uh, mental health struggles, mm-hmm. and I was um, encouraged to write some of my thoughts and my feelings down um, about some of my past experiences, and I wanted to. I was having a, a bunch of. Uh, um, I don't like to use the word ex- use the phrase existential crisis, but I, I, I believe I was having a series of those, mm-hmm. and I was having some um, anxiety issues, some really bad anxiety issues, and I was thinking about the future a lot, yeah. and I was thinking about where do I fit at in this world, and is there any purpose to it, and what brings me joy, and why should I allow myself to feel joy? Am I worthy of love? Will I ever truly love myself or, or truly ever be able to receive love from anyone else? Mm-hmm. Um, is that even something that I'm interested in? Is it okay for me to own a home? Is it okay for me to spend money Little on Little permissions. Love? Yeah. Like, is it okay for me to spend money on myself? Uh, you know, I was just having, I was just bombarded by all these feelings and torn by it. Um, and I went ahead and I wrote 33 short stories. Um, and that's what's in the book. I can't about wait. About mental health and punk rock and finding community um, and finding family and finding belonging um, in that. I'm really excited now because I was like, mm-hmm. I was, tr- I, I didn't want to read too many of like, you know, because the reviews on your stuff were the, a lot of heartfelt, a lot of people rant and raved, but I didn't want to read too much of it because I didn't want them to spoil it for me. But a if lot I of people. If I would have known that you were going to. Like you were wanting to read it, yeah. I would have lent you mine. You but have I st- it. I still would have made you buy it. <laughs> it's, a, it's still. But I've been like, I would like, oh, you bought it here. Read mine <laughs> here. Oh, you bought it. Yeah, I'll lend you mine until yours gets here. Oh, thanks, Nick. But yeah, I'm really excited for that. Yeah. That was a uh, something I was really curious. About. The the title alone, where I was like, okay, yeah, I'm all about this. So I, I don't know how to set up a segue to this. So <laughs> I'm right. gonna go. You're a foodie, aren't you? I am a food. Uh, have yeah. you been? You've been on the road. Have you? Has anything stuck out? Have you been eating? Um, no, I've just been. I've just been having just like regular stuff on tour. Okay. I haven't really been seeking out anything super fancy. Well, there's nothing really around here. There's supposed to be a <laughs> yeah. really good Chinese place about two two blocks down that way that Pat told me about. That there's I'm, a Czechoslovakian restaurant ten minutes away. Okay, it's phenomenal. Oh, evil check. Evil check. Yeah. yeah. I love, I love, um, I like to make my own food and I like to grow my own food and I spend a lot of time like in the spring and in the summer, like tending to my garden and harvesting my crops and making pickles and making things for my friends. I like to, I like, we like to have, you know, potlucks at our house and have friends over for dinner and make like a big, huge spread and have like, you know, dinners and stuff. So we like to do that. That's so cool. Now I'm hungry. I wasn't hungry before. Now I'm hungry. Way to go, Nick. Thanks. Hey, that's my, that's 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 what I do here, dude. I just make people hungry, yearning <laughs> for other things. Yeah, that's that's me. You meet me, and you want to do something else. That's right. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, wow, Derek, thank you so much for coming on today. Yeah, I'm Honestly, so glad to be here. I'm so glad. This that- means so much to me. 
Um, excited to see you again. When I first saw you, I wasn't very familiar. Okay. But then I just was blown away. You stole the show, and Men's Gears is like tied up Green Day for my favorite band. I was like, by the time you were done, I didn't even really care to see Men's Gears anymore. Well, I'm still glad I did. But I'm so glad you did too. I <laughs> he's love also that. glad I did. That band. Yeah, he's been ranting. He's been trying to like push Menzingers on me for many <laughs> months now, and I finally caved and I listened to him yesterday at work, and I was like, "All right, I like him." Yeah, those new tunes that those boys put together are a smash. Oh, I yeah. love them. They've been they've been releasing them, and they said that that, that new song that they made, um, "America, I Love You," but yes. you're freaking me out. Mm-hmm. That rules. Yeah, I think that's. Um, we were talking about something last night on in an interview. Like something to do with America. I just, uh, kinda, we, I just said those lyrics. Yeah, we were talking about how America is kind of a scary place right now. Yeah. You know? yeah. But it, like, true words never have been spoken. Mm-hmm. America, I love you, but you're freaking me. Also, <laughs> I know, I love that. Or like when Descendants said, like, every 4th of July, I'm both proud and ashamed. Mm-hmm. I think I kind of, that was kind of like a paraphrase. It was something like that. It was in song America. Yeah. I just saw the Descendants for the very first time ever f- four days ago. No way! Oh, Riot Fest? It, no, in Pittsburgh no? they got oh, finished. Pittsburgh. Okay. They got finished with Riot Fest, and they played one show in Pittsburgh. And John flew in early, and he's good buds with those guys. So we went and hung out backstage, and like I met all the, I met some of the guys, um, and we just talked and hung out. And then they played the tightest punk set I've ever seen. <laughs> Sour Grapes. They're the tightest oh. band I've ever seen play punk rock. It I was so good. Saw them last year at Punk and Drumlick at that camp in Ohio. Oh, how was it? It was awesome. It was even cooler this year because I finally got to see No Effects. Oh, cool. <laughs> how, was, how, was, um, how was Mike? Was he behaved? No, absolutely not. Okay, cool. <laughs> absolutely not. He brought like a little kid on stage and he's like, hey, you know what a chili dog is? <laughs> yeah, goes, I remember this story. So you shit on a girl's titties and then fuck them. I'm like. <sighs> oh my goodness. Yeah. I, um, that's. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, would, are you surprised though? I'm not surprised. I just, I just, I feel, um, uh, no, not surprised. <laughs> and the guitarist <laughs> barely got his hands over the kid's ears before mm. he. I think, I think there, I think, I think, um, in moments like that, I think it would be best if people would just wait before they said something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, okay, it's shock not my factor. place to monitor anybody, but I, you know, it's. It's I didn't funny. like it. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't care funny. for it. No, I had the. I was like, I saw a video the other day on uh, uh, Facebook about Steel Panther. Oh, I They're saw them, a '80s parody band, and some kid came on and played "Eruption" by Van Halen, and they're a vulgar band, and they were just like talking about like, oh, this kid's eyes are red. Well, it's probably because he's higher than me, and just making all kinds of like. Yeah, like those jokes are funny to adults, but this kid's like obviously young and impressionable. Sure. And he's going to take this moment, this highlight. He got to basically play for a band and he, you know, I'm not saying you can't do what you want to do, but like, just be careful, I guess. Mm-hmm. Some people was, are impressionable. First concert I ever went to with my dad was Steel Panther a couple of years ago. And they played like six songs and then just like stumbled across the stage telling, talking, obviously drunk. Yeah. It was like it killed it for me. They're funny, but I don't know anything about them. Never oh, even heard of them. Don't worry about it. Yeah, honestly, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. everyone's telling me about all these bands, and they're like, "Hey, have you checked out this band?" I was like, "Nope." I'm okay, just that's not a- that I'm not checking out new bands because mm-hmm. I am checking out new bands. Just what I like, I just know what I like. Right. That is a perfect segue, actually, because we've been doing this new segment where 
What have you been binging lately? What have you, Derek Zanetti, been listening to? Um, so many things. Um, there's a band from Australia called The Chats that I absolutely love. They're a three-piece punk band. They're they're like in their late teens or early twenties, and love they're playing like really, really, really fun punk band, and they're really, really good. Um, I remember a three-piece punk band that was on top of the world in their early twenties. <laughs> um, <laughs> Leonard Skinner. <laughs> um, other bands that I'm listening to that I'm really digging. I love that new Mannequin Pussy record. Okay. Uh, Epitaph put that out. I think it's really, really good. I think um, I have on my Spotify saved. Um, I think it's. I think it's an amazing album. In fact, um, they're a Philadelphia band, so we're from the same. We're from the same state. Um, there's another Philadelphia band that I love called Control Top. Uh, they're on Get Better uh, Records, and they're another super sweet three piece that is smashing right now. And they're doing really, really I good. I've seen a lot of three pieces. Um, yeah. I'm living for it. I'm glad the three pieces are coming back, though. I like three pieces. There's another super sweet three piece from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania called Medium Ugly. Uh huh. And they're amazing. They played the. Uh, uh, the Homeless Gospel Choir. We had our very first full band show ever in Pittsburgh uh, at the end of August, and they supported that show, and um, they were so good. They were really, really great. Um, there's another amazing three piece. We're just gonna stick oh, on the three piece. Here thing. we go. Welcome to three I, piece with Nick, Derek, and Chris. Yeah. There's we're a three piece, and yeah, there's another are. amazing three piece from Philadelphia called Ramona, and I'm doing a tour with them of the Northeast, and we I know Ramona. Yeah, you probably have. They've toured a whole bunch lately. They've been all over the place. They just did a tour with Iron Sheik. Um, Iron Sheik. And Not the wrestler. Okay, no, I was like, the band. what? <laughs> um, but yeah, they're <laughs> that doing... That would be almost infinitely cooler, though, if it was just like the three-piece going around this seven-year-old Iranian man. Yeah, just, just talking about wrestling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they're like, yeah. They're... It's like my two favorite things. <laughs> Um, but yeah, those are some new bands that I'm into that I'm really liking right now. Um, I love that new Lizzo record. I really do. Like, I think it's, I think it's absolutely amazing. Isn't that the one that she's like hundred percent that bitch? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I love that that's her tag. Yeah. I think, uh. I think it's so good. I also think that that new Missy Elliott record that just came out like two weeks ago is yeah. so good. It's a perfect pop album. I don't care about the VMAs, but I watched the VMAs. Like the next day, just so I could see her performance. Yes, Missy Elliott. That new album is a smash. If 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 you love pop music, and like a super strong hook, it's it's mind blowing. I love it. I can't wait to listen back on this and fill my queue, my Spotify queue mm-hmm. with like new material. This and this, and this and this and this and this. I'm just so used to metal bands telling me about metal bands that I don't care about. There's. <laughs> I don't nothing, care about. <laughs> there's nothing about metal that makes me excited. Like nothing. Black Sabbath? You said it in a They're song not like even a real I mean they're That's not true. even a band anymore. Like if true. I was if I was a kid and Black if I was 15 and Black Sabbath was an active band putting out like Paranoid or Sabbath Bloody Sabbath or something mm-hmm. like that, I would be stoked about it. But like they're old white dudes. That speak. I mean, they speak nothing to me in my life. Like they, right. nothing that they're saying speaks to me. So like, not. I'm sure I can listen to Paranoid and be like, oh, this is the first band to make this type of a racket. Mm-hmm. I think it's great. I like it. But like, if I never listen to Black Sabbath ever again for the rest of my life, I'll be okay. Yeah, absolutely. I'm the same way. Yeah, I'm like, like I respect their 
their like level and Influence. yeah, I, yes, the sure. iconicness of them. But I'm just like, yeah, if and I mean I can play those songs too, so I don't need to listen to them. I, just, <laughs> so like, I can do it. <laughs> this this scene, this five seven four local scene. That's all you really have is metal bands. Very metal prominent. There's yeah, there's a lot of metal here. It, I mean. I love you guys, but yeah. I feel like it's a, a, a lot, lot of, of it's just friends. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I, love you guys, be, but you're freaking me out. <laughs> it, it's fine. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's. I, I guess like, I want to be able to. I want to be able to draw inspiration and have it be thought provoking. Yeah, and like, here's something new that I haven't heard before. And whenever I listen, usually whenever I listen to the genre of metal, it's always, if you like As I Lay Dying, you'll love. <laughs> you'll you don't love, know how many people you say look like that a that's pop up ad. You'll <laughs> love yada, yada, yada. Yeah. If you love Three Inches of Blood, then you'll love our band. Mm-hmm. If you love Five Finger Death Punch, then you'll love. Then I'm you're just a piece like, of shit. No. I, I just don't know. Like, I don't know. Like. If you're going to take the time to buy an instrument and learn an instrument and write songs and get a band together and buy a van and get names and like get a t-shirt and press a record and you are going to be inspired by another band, As I Lay Dying wouldn't be even on my top thousand or like Metallica or any of Mm -hmm. it. Like I, it's just, I I, it for me probably because I'm not like accustomed to listening to it. It just all sounds the same to me. Yeah, like it's not. I don't know. No, I totally. If y'all like metal, that's great. I, I hope you love it. Metal. I, I hope I treat metal the same way that I treat Christianity. If you like it and it makes you better and it makes you more kind and more thoughtful and more charitable and more kind to strangers, I think you should do it. In most cases, I said the metal that exact that, thing last night. <laughs> in most cases, the metal that I like is the metal that my friends make. Yeah, because right. you're your friend's bands. Mm-hmm. I probably feel the same way. Like if my buddies were in a dope metal band, I would be like, oh, great. I like this one band because my <laughs> friends are Yeah, in my it. friends are in it, and I know their Biased songs. Biased opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I just don't. I'm not a metal. What about you, Chris? I know I asked you last night because we did an interview last night, but has anything changed? Um, well, I was going to listen to the new Blink-182 record, but I then I was, like, <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, I don't really... I. Don't care about them anymore I mean, because they serve a purpose for me. That's it. Alkaline one eighty two. I like I like Vesky, but and, and I liked California. I, I did too, but I'm just like I'm scared to listen to it. Alkaline Trio is still a band that when they put out a new record, I will always consume it. I will always okay. I will always go out and mm-hmm. hear it because I love this. I love Dan's songs. The, I love uh-huh. those songs. Dan is a great songwriter, and like I buy, I buy those records to hear Dan's songs, and I like Matt's songs too for sure. But like I'm a I, uh, you subscribe to Dan's stuff, yeah. And like I'll always buy the new Alkaline Trio record because I love the formula they have. Mm-hmm. They have a good formula, and they're good songwriters. And I'll always, I'll always love it. Even the records that I don't love, I still like. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that I have them. Hell yeah. I mean, Good Morning's my favorite. Like you, you love them the least, but you still love them. I would much rather listen to Alkaline Trio records that are low on my ladder rung than most anything else. Okay. I would. I would. Yeah. I would much rather listen to, um, 
those albums than like I don't know Fog Hat. <laughs> <laughs> they played it though. Fair enough. Warsaw, not too long ago, <laughs> or whatever. I don't know. Maybe I, Fog Hat's uh, great. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. know. I fell into a Fugazi hole. So yeah, you should. Yeah, it's, it's great. great. It's a great place to be. I, I'm I'm loving it. I'm loving life here. Um, do you have a favorite? I'm in the Fuga- waiting room. You do know? you have a favorite Fugazi album? I'm still pretty ripe to that. I've just okay. been like, because I can't be taking my phone out of work. I just go to their Spotify page and I hit shuffle. You should listen. If if I can give you or anybody any advice, just listen to Repeater for a long time. Okay. Just listen to it on loop in its sequence as a full album. Not on shuffle. It's um, it's 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 a masterpiece. Okay. In my in my, I know I'm good on the way home. I keep getting. Fugazi and Nagazi mixed up. Nagazi is like a band from Michigan. And I, I used to keep get Fugazi for- and the Fuji's mixed up, and those are <laughs> totally different things. Fugazi and the Fuji's, mm-hmm. who you said? I also love the Fuji's. <laughs> Lauren Hill, dude. The score of that record. Oh, uh, Lauren record. Hill. Thank you again, Derek. Yeah, thanks for It's been for a pleasure. Me. Yeah. Where can we find you and follow you? You can go to the internet at www.theinternet.com and you can find my website there, thehomelessgospelchoir.com and you can go on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and just find the Homeless Gospel Choir. I also live in Pittsburgh. You can find me there if you're interested in just (laughs) buying a plane ticket to Pittsburgh and I'm not going to give you my address, but I hang out in Pittsburgh. You'll know where I'm at. Hey, have you seen Derek? (laughs) Just screaming it into bars like, hey. Derek Derek here. Hazelwood's not that big. You'll find me. You'll, You'll find me. Um, but yeah, we have a lot of touring coming up. We're going to be, we're going to be all through the U S with Ramona and we're doing a tour with Harley Poe and I uh, have a new record coming out. So there's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of new fun stuff in the works. Awesome. Yeah. So, Thank you yeah. so much. Yeah. yeah. This has been me. a tune junkies podcast. My name is Nick. And my name is Chris. Bazinga. <laughs> <laughs> I said that.